We're learning the Sikha of Ayichi, Dalid, the fourth Sikha, Chelik Tezvav, on page 447. This Sikha here, as you see, is a Siyum on Mesechta Kedushin. By now, you probably know that when we learn a Siyum, a Sikha that's a Siyum, a Hadrun on Mesechta, it's unique, it's special, different than other Sikhas. Especially this Sikha, amongst all Siyumim, is very unique, it's very, very detail oriented. And the Rebbe will connect and explain actually the difference between the Siyum of the Bavli on Kedushin and the Yerushalmi. And then, of course, connected to the Parsha, a very subtle difference between the Targum Onkelis and Targum Yenison that's explained according to the difference between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. The Shir today is being learned to the Nishmas Rabbi Yosef bin Yamin bin Rabbi Nasha Kaltman. The Verta from Pasik bin Yamin Ze'ev Yitrof. In the Pasik, it says the words that Binyamin is compared to a wolf which uh, attacks or tears its prey. Pataj the Targum Onkelis, so the Targum Onkelis explains what the Pasik means. Like everything else that it says in the Brachas of Yaakov in this week's Parsha to the Shvatim, it's all using analogies from the character of animals to explain different things about the Shvatim and things that they did or happened to them in the future. So the Targum Onkelis says, Binyamin ba'are tishrei shchinte. Binyamin, in his territory in Eretz Yisrael, is the place where the Shechina dwells. That's in Yerushalayim, the place of the Beis HaMikdosh. And in his inheritance, Yisbine Makdusha, the Mikdosh will be built. So, the simple pshat here is that this refers to the place of the Beis HaMikdosh, which is in the territory of Binyamin. The Targum Yenisim Benazil, Zaktivdem, in the Targum Yenisim Benazil, he says, similar, but there's a subtle difference here. Binyamin is a strong shevet, like the wolf with its prey. In his land, the Shechina, master of the universe, dwells there. In his inheritance, it will be built the base Hamikdash. So, as you see here, the Rebbe is emphasizing the word base, which the Targumunculus does not say. The Targumunculus says Mikdasha. And Tagimianism in Azil says, base Muktasha. Pashkafer at first glance, Menin, Beide Targumim, the Zelbaninian Vitaichen. The translation of both of these Targumim are saying the same thing. However, the Ragachov explains, there is a difference. When it says that in his inheritance the Mikdash will be built, main, what is Mikdash referring to? It's referring specifically to the space or the spot which is sanctified for the bloods of the Karbanas to be sprayed or poured there. And that is the Mizbeach, referring to the Mizbeach. This is following the opinion of Levi and Gemara as the Chelik from Yisaida Mizbeach, Ayvelech and Nitanim Domim. That portion of the Mizbeach where the blood is poured there is Bechelkeshel Binyamin. It's in the portion of Binyamin, Chelkeshel Teirif. It's in the portion of the one that's called the one that attacks and tears away. Because the space where the Beis Mikdash was built had partially the portion of Shevet Yehuda and partially the portion of Binyamin. And Shevet Binyamin's portion sort of attacks and goes in to the place of Chelik Yehuda. And that's where that section of the Mizbeach is that they poured the blood. But the portion of the Mizbeach, where the foundation of the Mizbeach was, in the portion of Yehuda, they didn't uh, pour any blood there. So that's what Makdashah means here, the Mizbeach. 
und mit Bachsante Yisbeni Beismukdesha, when the Targum Yenis of Benazil says that in his inheritance the Beis Amikdash will be built, wird gemeint der Beis Amikdash Bachlal. So it refers to the Beis Amikdash in general, was is Bechelke Shol Teirev Binyamin, which is in the portion of the Teirev Binyamin. Davon verstehen. So the question on this is, in was versteht the Teichen von Zer Machlekes? What exactly does uh, the content of their Machlekes, what, what, what is the uh, content of Machlekes between them, whether we're referring to the Mizbeach or the Beis HaMikdash? What's the reasons behind their Machlekes? They both begin with the same statement that in their territory the Shechina will dwell. But then when it comes to the inheritance, there they say, one, Targum Yonkele says it refers to the Mizbeach, and Targum Yonison says it refers to the Beis HaMikdash. So what's the difference for this deviation, and what's the difference between whether we're focusing on the Mizbeach or the Beis HaMikdash? So as I mentioned in the beginning, the Rebbe will give a lengthy explanation on the Hadran of Masech Kedushim, and explaining the difference between the Hadran and the Bavli, and the Hadran and the Yerushalmi, and there's a subtle difference. And that difference will also explain the difference between the Unkelis, which is related to Bavel, and Targum Yenison ben Azil, which is a Targum from Eretz Yisrael. So the Yuvam Ba'ak de Mabir will understand this with first explaining what is the Mechuvin Kloli from them, was Kama Ma'ashvotim, Verem Fraglichen Tzuchayis. So first, let's understand in the Parsha this week, why when Yaakov benches the Shvatim, so he compares them to the nature of the wild beasts, Gur Arya Yehuda, Yehuda is compared to a lion, Don Nachash, done to a snake, Naftali Ayala, Naftali to a hind. And here, Binyamin compared to a wolf. What is added in understanding the nature and the character of the Shvatim? when we know that the nature that the Pasuk speaks about is not just that we're describing this Shevet as mighty or this Shevet as someone that attacks or tears, but actually calling Yehuda that he's compared to a lion and Biyamin to a wolf. Das heist, so in other words, what the Pasuk is saying is, the Tchune is the Teva from the Chaya, that really this character belongs or is the nature of this animal. Und das, was sie ist da bei der Shevet, the fact that we find that this Shevet has this character is that's not a character, a human character that he naturally has. The Shvatim, they have in them these specific characters of these animals. That's what the Pasuk is saying. So it's not just being used here as an analogy, some kind of a muscle, but it's actually saying that these characters originally are the characters of these animals. And the Shvatim possess these characters that, that are really the animal's characters. Oiches move on. It's also understood another point. Each one of the Shvatim, before a specific reason, a specific character, is compared to one of these wild beasts. What's equal in the character of all animals in the land is connected to something that's equal about all the Shvatim. 
Now we see it at the end of the, after the Pasuk speaks about the brachas of Yaakov to all the Shvatim, in the end Rashi there brings that all of them are compared to the animals, and that means that there's something about the character of what animals have that is equal by all the Shvatim. So what's the significance of this? What's the meaning of this? So here the Rabbi begins with the actual Siyam of Masech Kedushin, where the Gemara discusses various characters of wild beasts. When it comes to the character of various animals, the Gemara says, towards the end of Kedushin, Tanya we learnt in Abraham said, Rabbi Shimon ben Allah Zaymer, ben Allah said, Miyomai loyda isi tzvi kayetz va'ari sabal v'shul chamveni. In my lifetime, I never saw a deer that should produce dry figs, or a lion that has a job of a porter, v'shul chamveni, or a fox that should be a storekeeper. V'heim esparnish and shaloi b'tzar. They have their sustenance without any pain or trouble. V'heim le'nivru el l'sham sheni. And they, all these animals, are created to serve me, to serve the human being. And I'm created to serve my master, the Eibishter. So now he said as follows. If you see these, the animals that are only created in order to serve me, they get their sustenance without any pain. So I, which am the focus and really the purpose of creation in order to serve Hashem, most definitely that it should be that I should be sustained, that I should have my parnasa without any tsar, without any any trouble, without any pain. Why isn't this so? Why does a human being have to work for a living? Ella, the answer is Because my 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 actions were bad, and this caused also that my parnasa. Is, is has skipped me, so to speak. In other words, I don't have the parnasa come to me easy. Shanema, as the Pasuk says, hitu. It's your Avedis that causes the parnasa that you deserve to come without any work, it, it turned it away. This is the Gemara. Now, very interesting how the Gemara brings up these specific animals and the specific works and jobs that you would have thought that they should have similar to a human being. So, Mepharshim Zenem Mazber, the Mepharshim and this Gemara explain, as the Fashidin and Mine Umnis was Varen Dogerech and the various different professions that are mentioned here in the Gemara, Kayit, Sabal, and Chemveni, to produce dry figs, to be a porter, or to be a storekeeper, Zenemasim, Sudithunis, Tivius, from the Chayis. It's mentioned here in the Gemara and they're all fitting to the specific character of these animals. Why is that? The Gemara tells us that the character, the nature of a deer is that even while he sleeps, he sleeps with one eye open. So that's befitting for the profession, the job of someone that has figs being dried in the field, to be a guard, to always be available there, and even while he's sleeping, and this deer has the eyes open to be the guard in the field. Ari, a lion, the mighty one amongst the animals, is Masim Tuzaina Sabal. So for him, it's befitting to be a porter, to carry heavy loads. Ashual, Tzlibzayim Pikchis, the fox, which is the sly one amongst the animals, is Mesugul Tzazayna Chemveni. So for him, it would be befitting to be a storekeeper. Vosfadim, from Kaifen, from Farkaifen, he's able to earn money from selling and buying. That's the meaning why the Gemara brings up these animals, specifically with these professions. However, this still demands a clarification. 
Why is the Gemara mentioning here specifically these three professions? Why doesn't it mention any other professions that would be befitting for other animals? For example, to take from this week's parasha, Zogin to say, If you're talking about a hind that can, can go very quickly, is he ungemostin to seiner Shliach? So it would be befitting for her to be a messenger. And the Gemara should say, and we don't find it, that, that uh, the hind should have this profession. Why isn't that mentioned in the Gemara or similar any other animals with any other character? So this is the, the Bavli. So there's something unique about these three professions that are mentioned in connection to these three animals. At the Maimir Analf and Rabshim ben Allazar, this statement of Rabshim ben Allazar, but it's also quoted that Rabshim ben Allazar said this in the name of Rabmeir. And it's mentioned in a difference of the order and with an addition. It's quoted here as well in the Yerushalmi. Have you ever seen in your life a, a, a lion, which is a porter, a deer which produces dry figs, shul chavini, a fox which is a storekeeper, and then the Yishami adds, a wolf which sells pots. Okay, so the Yishami adds one more, a wolf, which of course is going to be relevant to the beginning of the Sikha, speaking about the nature of Sheva Pinyamin, which is like a Ze'ev Yitrif. So the question over here is to understand why the Yerushalmi changes from what it says in the Bavli. Aleph number one, at his Makdim Sabal Far Kayetz. The order, he brings the lion, which is the one that carries loads, before drying the figs. Why does he change the order? Or as it says, Mistavel Loimar, it would be logical to say, as the Seder Aroi is, Vizishtein and Bavli, the proper order is the way it's in the Bavli, Tzvi Kayetz Vari Sabal. First to dry the figs in the field, and then to carry them. And then the Chemveni, and then the fox, the storekeeper, to sell. Because this is the proper order when it comes to these kinds of professions. Over here, when we're speaking about the drying of the figs. First, you leave them out in the field to dry there. So that's the first stage. Then after they're dried and you place them into vats or into barrels. So then you have the lion, which is the one, the porter that carries the loads, the heavy loads, to bring it to the storekeeper, the shul, the, the, the fox. That's the proper seder, the way it says it in the Bavli. It's a very big squeeze to say. As that is mahapach haseder, that he reverses the order only for the reason while He wants to start with the lion because the lion is the is the king amongst the wild beasts, so he starts with the lion. and especially it's a doichik to say this. If you put in the lion first because of his level of prominence that he is the king, so it should put the fox the next as well. The Milo from Pikach Shabachai is he also is more prominent amongst the animals. He could be a manager, similar to a king. He also has managerial skills. And so he, he's the, the sly one. So why doesn't he come after the lion? Oh, another point here is, is a Bechlal Nente Tzuari Viatzvi. A fox is more similar in his, in his character to the lion than the deer is. Since the deer doesn't eat meat like a lion does. So the fox that does should be together with the lion.
So therefore we're left with the question, why does the Yerushalmi change the order and put the lion that's a sabal before the tzvi, which is a kayetz? The other question here is, the Yerushalmi is Maisif Zev Meicha Kedaris. The Yerushalmi adds what doesn't mention in the Bavli that there's, a, there's the job of the wolf that sells pots. Gimel, on this itself, the question is, What does it add, the fact that the fox is someone that sells, to this that we say that it's the fox that's the storekeeper? What does the storekeeper do? He buys and sells. Seemingly, the content of both is the same. Storekeeper sells. Fourth and final question on the way the Yerushalmi puts this. What is the specific connection of the nature, the character of a wolf? And therefore, the Gemara, the Yerushalmi says that we don't find that he sells pots. There are those commentaries that explain. Since selling pots is a simple profession, it's not like a storekeeper that sells all kinds of items and you have to be sly, but this is just pots and it's simple. So therefore, you don't have to be a sly fox to sell, but anybody could sell. But the Rebbe doesn't accept this. It's not sufficient to explain the connection to the wolf. From the continuation of the other animals that are brought here, it seems, that here as well, this that he sells paths is connected to some kind of a, an advantage or some kind of a specific character that this wolf has. Not just the fact that it's a simple job that anybody could do. Similar to the previous examples mentioned here, the porter and the one that dries the figs and the storekeeper, which are connected to the specific character of the lion and the deer and the fox. So as you see here, the Rebbe is focusing primarily first on understanding what this is, what's the significance of these three animals that are mentioned in the Bavli, but really also and primarily on the difference between the Bavli and Yerushalmi. So the Rebbe is going to give an unbelievable, fascinating explanation what this Gemara is really saying. So we'll understand this with another small thing here. If you pay close attention to the words that Rabshim ben Alaza says, there seems to be something extra here. Rabshim ben Alaza here is bringing this up to make the Kavachaymer, which is these animals are created only to serve me. They get their panasa without any pain. Most definitely, I, the human being created to serve Hashem, should definitely get panasa without any pain. That's the point that he clearly spells out in his Kavachaymer. If so, the question is, So why is there any redundancy here? Why does he begin even before the Kavachaymer and say, they were created in order to serve me. And I am created to serve my master. He's going to spell that out afterwards clearly in the Kavachaymer. Why does he have to preface this before the Kavachaymer? So the explanation for this is as follows. Why are we focusing on these natures of the animals? What's really behind what the Gemara is saying here? So let's understand the purpose of creation in general. The kavone v'tachlis from kol abruim shebaylam. The intention and the purpose of everything created in the world is to leave Eden. It's all for the purpose of Eden. For zei is ene de mechubim von alle in yonim and evroim in velt. They are the purpose, 
of everything created in the world, whether the vegetables or the things that grow, the animals, and even amongst human beings, the Yidin are the purpose of creation. Understanding how everything that exists in the world and all the different categories of existence is all for the, for the point of Yidin, so the Rambam in Pirish HaMishnayis at length describes this and explains as follows. Everything that's found under the moon. Everything is created for the human being. And all the animals that there are, so he explains, he explain, goes through different parts of creation. So he begins with the animals. Why, how do they serve the human being? Geshmem There are those that are there for a person, a human being, to have for food. Kitsayin, Ubaka, Vizulasam, like the sheep, the cattle, and others that are similar. Vyashmem, Litayaltoi, Vizulasam, And there are those from the animals that have a benefit for the human being, not, be, not because of food, but rather, Kamayachamayr, a donkey, Losis Allah of Mashal, Yuchalahilach, to use it to carry loads that he can't carry with his hands. Vasusim and the horses like Giebem Mahalach Derech Rechaykechulu to use horses to travel long distances. Well, Derechzeh and similar, the Rambam explains Benigayetsu Ilonis Utsmachim the trees and the plants that it's all for the purpose of the human being. In Order Twenty Nine, the Rebbe quotes what the Rambam says there regarding the trees and the plants that they all have a purpose for a human being to eat from them, to get from them vitamins, nutrients, and, and then he finishes off there. Interesting, take a look. He says that if you can't figure out how it is, Dasha it's because we don't, it's, it's the weakness of our intellect that we don't understand what, what are the vitamins that you can take out from every single tree and plant. On continuing, the Rambam explains, in connection to the human being himself, is Kidei, so there's that one chacham, that one unique person, that he is occupied the entire time with godly wisdom and with good deeds. You need an entire world of millions of people in order that they should provide for him everything, all of his necessities that he needs in his life. In order that he should have the time to sit and to learn and to acquire his wisdom. The Rambam describes and explains this at length, how the whole world is created for the human being and for this one human being that's learning and, and serving the Eibishter. And everything else is for, her, for his purpose. So this, hey, so what this means, applying what the Rambam says regarding the fact that the whole world is created for Yidin, as the tachkid from alles sugin that the purpose and the job of all creations in the world, including all bnei noach, all nations of the world, is so that they should provide yidden all of their necessities. And then automatically a yid has what he needs, so now he's able to fulfill what he has to in learning Taita and fulfilling mitzvahs. So in other words, according to this Rambam, it comes out that the involvement of all other aspects of creation, including all Bnei Noyach in the world that provide for Yidin, is not directly in the fulfillment of Taito and Mitzvahs, but it's just providing Yidin with their necessities. And then a Yid will have the time and the ability to do what he has to, to learn Taito and fulfill Mitzvahs. So here we come back to what the Gemara was saying, what Abshim ben Allah was saying in the Gemara in Kedushin. 
So here, in the words of Hashem ben Al-Azhar, he adds to this point and he says a novel idea about how we understand what the different creations in the world is, to what extent their involvement is for the purpose of a yid serving Hashem. So this extra line that he says that they, all these animals, were created in order to serve me is tzalib, the purpose is their purpose, they are involved in the this did a yid does to serve Hashem learning Torah or doing a mitzvah these animals as well should be involved they should serve and be involved in that service of Hashem and the Rebbe spells out what this means Das was the fact that the deer, the lion, or the fox are created with this character to be whether to drive figs or a porter or a storekeeper it's not only that they have the, these character and these abilities in order to serve the human being to provide the human being with his necessities and and that's the end, and that finishes their job, their involvement, and now the human being, Bimele, can go ahead and do what he has to to serve Hashem. Nor rather, what Rabshim ben Allah is saying is, Zayr l'shamsheni, they, they're serving the human being, is dafke and azah oifen, is to such a, in such a degree, and it's to such an extent, as a zolzayim, bai va'ani, that they are involved, and they are there to ensure that the human being should be able to fulfill taito mitzvahs. What does this mean? How are these animals directly involved? Not only to provide the necessities, but directly involved in the actual purpose of creation, which is the fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs. Well, in order that a yid should come along and change an object that exists in the world, to turn him into a holy object, an object of a mitzvah, through fulfilling a mitzvah, you need these three different steps, these three actions from Kayat, Sabal, and Cheveni. Drying figs, a porter, and a storekeeper. It's these three stages that prepare the object of the world in order that it should be able to be used for a mitzvah. Shtarebbe will explain in Ba'arichis Gedeila what are exactly these three steps that are involved in a mitzvah. So the fact that these animals have the character to do these three things means that these are the characters that are actually necessary to prepare for the mitzvah. So they're not only nivresi, nivru l'shamsheni to provide the necessities for the human being and then the human being uses what he has and prepares for the mitzvah, but they are also created to serve the human being to prepare the mitzvahs and the stages necessary for the human being to use them. Now, but in fact, this is not the case. The animals do not use their character for these for these purposes. So now the tam was the fact that in reality these professions of kites and so on, it's not accomplished through the deer and so on. As the Gemara says, says, I never saw a deer doing this. So Yeshlaima, so we can say, and it's just clearly what the Gemara says, as he concludes, because I've been bad in my actions. So the simple pshara of the Gemara is that it's referring to the fact that the human being has to work for his parnasa, 
Right? That explains why the Kavachaymer that he said doesn't apply in reality. But the Rebbe says that this Tariyasiyas Maisi, we can say, also explains why we don't see the animals involved in various stages of preparing objects of the world for a mitzvah. Just like the fact that human beings' actions are not the way they should be. That causes that their sustenance comes with pain. And even sometimes more so, to not have parnasseh. Even more, the whole idea that a human being has to work for a living, that itself is as a result of or whatever other actions that there were in the world that were not proper. When Yidin fulfill Hashem's will properly, all the work they would have to do are done by others. We even do not fulfill Hashem's will properly. Then they're forced to work themselves. So that's regarding parnasa. Al derech says a similar we could say regarding preparing the objects of the world for a mitzvah ubmikol shekem. And even more so, this is understood because this is a much bigger chiddush that animals will prepare the mitzvahs for you. Hatas minege then. So haraisiyas maisi that has prevented as the hachana vachshadet some kiyam a mitzvah zol nidgetam ver naide acherem that the preparation of an object for a mitzvah should not be accomplished through someone else, either the tzvikayetz varisabol v'shul chemveni through the deer or the lion and the fox in the various stages. Or at least, maybe it should be prepared at least by the nations of the world that are compared to these animals, but we don't find that they prepare it because of because of the actions of Eden. But that's really the way nature of the world was intended to be. If things would be straight and proper, that these animals are created in the world with these characters in order to prepare the various stages of the objects of the world that have to be prepared for a mitzvah. So this is the answer. This explains why the Gemara mentions specifically these three animals with these three characters and these three professions because it's the three stages of a mitzvah, as the Rebbe will explain right now. So what is the content of these three professions? Which are the preparation to be able to serve the Ebishter regarding preparing an object for a mitzvah. Let's understand what these three ideas of being a uh, one that produces dry figs, being a porter, or being a storekeeper, what are they in the literal sense? So the dry sugi omnius, these three professions are mentioned here in the Gemara in the order of one higher than the next, one more, more uh, important than the next, going from a lighter work to a more difficult work. What is the tzvikayet? So Rashi says, Miyabish Pasada. He dries the figs in the field. Tafkida is, so that means that his job is to bring in the Ketsiyas Basada, to bring the figs to the field, to an open place. And Amakum Goliva Shainta Oira Shemesh, a place exposed to the sunlight. Unhitten as his own Darten Bleiben, and to guard it, that it should remain there, busy. Then Eisgetrikit and Kumitzeshleimis, they'll be dry and they'll be prepared and they'll be perfect, ready to be eaten. That's the job of the Tzvikayets. Ari Sabal, the lion, that's the porter, he's, he carries loads, Noisim Asois, as Rashi says, he carries heavy loads. He's in Yonet to Aribefirin, Zei von Einart to Atzveiten. So his job is to transport from one location to another. So that's the lion, Sabal. Their Tafkeid von Shuach Hemdini, the job of the fact, which is the storekeeper, 
is not the shini makim from the ktsias. So here it's not about changing location, delivering it from one place to another, nor the shini rishosabilas, but rather the change of ownership, the change of acquisition. As the ktsias on the ibegain from ein rishosabilas in atzveta to sell from the ownership of the person that owns them or the storekeeper to the people that buy these dried figs. Those are the three jobs in simple words. Bekitzer, now to define it, in, 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 to summarize and to define what the difference between these three stages are, Shini Yagov, the first is to make a change in the actual body, in other words, the change in the actual figs itself from being the figs, the way they are, they grow to be dried figs. Hamokin, then the change in location, and Habailos, the change in ownership. Those are the three stages that the Gemara is speaking about in these three professions. So now, let's apply this to what this means in preparing an object of the world for a mitzvah. In Yana Maruchni, in the Achana Tzikim Atayru Mitzvahs. So what does this mean in the spiritual sense as far as preparing an object for, for Tayru Mitzvahs, for to fulfill a mitzvah? Tzvikayitz. So the deer, which is the one that produces dry figs. What does this mean? As in Endoa Sachfalen, there are many cases when a yid cannot durchfirn apulu funkim hatayre o mitzvahs that a yid cannot fulfill his obligation or an action to fulfill tayre mitzvahs vile because one of these two reasons. Aleph, either number one, im felt the idea was the zach is. He's lacking knowledge, he's lacking the information about the object. Uludugme, for example, as an adult mitzvah was an afabundin mit pekoach nefashis. There are certain mitzvahs that are related to a question of the person's health, whether he's able to do this or his life may be in danger if he fulfills this. For example, to fast on Yom Kippur. And he has to consult a doctor whether the fulfillment of this mitzvah will take him into a situation of where his life could be endangered. So that's information that you need in order to understand whether the mitzvah could be fulfilled or not. The Rebbe doesn't give the example of Yom Kippur here because we're primarily talking here about an object of a mitzvah that you have to know whether the mitzvah could be done or it may be pekoch nefesh. The Rebbe gives another example. Oder al derech vi gezokt. Rav has said, and this is regarding a bachar, when a bachar, the firstborn that has to be brought as a carbon, it belongs to the kayin, and when it gets a mum, so then it has a different talach, it doesn't have to be brought as a carbon. So you have to, there's a difference. You have to be a very big expert to know what is the definite what what is what kind of a mum this is when an animal gets a blemish so Rav said in the Gemara 18 months I was raised by a shepherd I spent time with the shepherd that is later is a mum kavua to know what's considered to be a mum which is established in other words which is permanent and what mum what blemish is just a passing mum in order to determine whether this animal is still fit for being a carbon or is it not so you have to really learn very well the blemishes of animals you have to know the nature of animals so this takes the information to know how the mitzvah will be fulfilled that's one point as a preparation to be able to fulfill a mitzvah base but then there's another point the object has to be prepared has to be perfected to a degree that it should be able to be used for a mitzvah so as an example, to use the parchment in order to make tefillin with them. This is brought as an example. The entire tait is compared to tefillin. All mitzvahs are compared to tefillin. You have to take the, the, the hide off from the animal. And then to work with this hide and to turn it into a piece of parchment that you can write the tefillin on it. 
So this is the idea of the preparation, the first step in preparing mitzvahs that they should be able to be fulfilled. So this is connected to the first stage the Gemara talks about here. This is the profession and the job of the deer, which is drying figs. What happens when you dry figs as the mitzis from the zach te'ena? So the entity, the object, in this case the figs, the figs, wherever they are before, whether they're under a tree somewhere or hidden in some corner in some place, they shouldn't be hidden and in a dark place. But bring them to a place which is well illuminated and it's open, exposed to the light of the sun. Which means, bringing it to the point over here, that you bring it in an exposed place, meaning that they're there, they're exposed, exposed, and you see clearly, you have clear knowledge of what it is that you have here. And also that it should be fully prepared, that it, when it's dry, then it's geschmack to eat. It's only then that one could learn and know how to fulfill mitzvahs. As the Rebbe will explain this and uh, add more details to this point over here of the Tzvi Kayetz and how this is connected to the preparing the object for the mitzvah in the next Tzif of the Sicha. The next stage of preparing objects for a mitzvah, Ari Sabo, the lion which is the porter. The Shini Mokim, which means the change to bring it from one location to another. In order to fulfill the mitzvah, you have to bring the object of the mitzvah to the place where the Yid is. If you have the estrich that grows in Italy, you have to bring it over to wherever it is in the world that a Yid is to be able to fulfill the mitzvah. As all the mit, ken, mekayim, and the mitzvah, she have the ability to fulfill the mitzvah. And especially when when you have something which is permissible and a yid could and therefore must fulfill a mitzvah with it, sometimes you have a situation that it's not only a far location, that yidin don't live there, but it's a place we are not allowed to go there. For example, in a marketplace of Avedizara, or a marketplace of immodesty, or similar, where yid is not allowed to be there. It's a location that's not for a yid. So you need the profession of the lion, which is the porter. He's the one that has the power to bring over what's in a place that he doesn't belong there to this place. Where the yid could reach there. Whether fulfilling a mitzvah or doing anything, any holy, any anything of holiness with this item. Shul Chemveni, the third stage in preparing for a mitzvah is the fox, which is the storekeeper. So what's unique about the storekeeper? To change ownership. And sometimes that's necessary before you fulfill a mitzvah. It could be possibly sometimes even more. In order for him to have the ability to fulfill with this object a mitzvah, the object has to go first through a change of ownership. And that's even before it comes to your possession. In other words, a change of ownership is not this, that you acquire it for yourself, but it has to go through a change of ownership even before it comes to your possession. Where do you find such a concept? Similar to what we find, the Chazal tell us, 
the land of the nations Ammon and Moyov, which the Abishta told Yidin that they may not go into any war with them and conquer their territory. So how were Yidin able to be, conquer the territory of Ammon and Moyov? So Tiyad Obesichayim. It was sort of purified and it was the, the path was paved by the fact that Sichayim conquered the territory from Ammon and Moyov. So now it was the land of Sichayim and Yidin were able to conquer this. Kedei Eretz Amon Amoyev, Zolveren on Eretz Nesheves. In order that Eretz Amon Amoyev should become a settled land for Yidin, was Balang to Yidin, to Yidin. Zei Velen Dorten Mekayim Zei Mitzvahs. And Yidin will fulfill mitzvahs there. Hot Esfiri Gedav Durgein, Dem Kibush from Sichayim. It had to be prepared through the fact that Sichayim first acquired it, conquered it for themselves. And then Yidin are able to conquer this and live there and fulfill mitzvahs there. So this is an example, although not very common, but you have sometimes by a mitzvah such a concept that there has to be a change of ownership even before the Yid acquires it in order to be able to use it and fulfill a mitzvah with this. Now the Rebbe returns over here in the next days to the tzvi, the deer, that's the one that produces dry figs and the Rebbe specifies more exactly what this Indian is regarding the preparation for mitzvahs. So before the Rebbe mentioned regarding the deer, that there's two different details here. One is the fact that sometimes you need certain knowledge, information, in order to know how and if the mitzvah could be fulfilled. The second point that Rebbe said is to actually physically prepare the object that's not in a condition to do a mitzvah with it. Those are the two details. So the Rebbe says, The first point mentioned regarding the deer, that's the one that produces the figs, as the umnis is verbunden mit antplecken und hitten die Sache at the point there is that he exposes, he brings those figs that are somewhere in a corner in a dark place and he brings them to an exposed open area, is nit maspik, it's not yet enough in explaining what this is being brought here for. Let them pitish from kayets was main, according to the meaning of kayets, that means kipitish rashi miyabish ktsiyas pasada. Kayets really means the fact that you dry the figs in the field. Not just the exposure of the figs to the sunlight, but the, also the point of the actual change that's happening to the figs themselves. And therefore, as the Rebbe already mentioned before, the second point, that the, the deer, which is the one that dries the figs, and then afterwards, following that, the lion, the porter, we find this as general stages in preparation for mitzvahs. So that a yid should have the ability to fulfill a mitzvah with a physical object, as mentioned before regarding tefillin, or this applies by an esrig, or many other mitzvahs, so the stage is to prepare this object. You have to first cut it off from the tree. That's a change in the, the, the esrig and the luluf. The fact that they're not growing and they're not, they're not getting the nourishment from growing from the tree. So this is much more similar to the actual idea of kites, which is drying the figs. And then after the change in the object itself, the porter, the to bring it to a place where a yid could be. So this is a more general thing that we find by all mitzvahs, that the object has to be changed and prepared, that it could be used for a mitzvah. You find it by another mitzvah, by the wall that's being used for tzitzis. Cutting the the uh, the shearing the wool from the body of the animal tzvi kaitz 
similar to the to the tzvi, that the dry figs, the body of the, the actual figs are changing. And does all gebracht werden zum Eden, and then to bring it to the Yid, like this, like that is the porter. On azayeich by ked and the another mitzvah, the horn of the ram that's being used for a shayfer. You have to cut it from the animal and bring it to the yid. Tzchach or dufanes l'sukke, the tzchach or the walls for sukke. V'kama mitzvah chayetze b'zeh. And many other mitzvahs this way. V'yiseyde mizu ba'ayr l'tfilin. This idea that you have to have an object, so many preparations that have to be done to change the physical object itself, for it to be a mitzvah, you find this more than the others that were mentioned here by tefillin, by the hide that's used for tefillin, or mezuzah, or the sefer for that matter also for writing a mezuzah or for a sefer There's a few stages in this changing of the, the process of changing the object for the mitzvah. You have to remove it from the animal. And then to work with this hide, to change it, to all the, the, the job of a tanner, to change it and to turn it into a parchment. This is a huge and, and a real change. In Gufa'ir, in the hide of the animal. And then to bring it to a place where a yid is. So these are the major steps and changes that have to be done regarding a mitzvah, and therefore it's dafke these that are mentioned here in the Gemara. So these two examples, the the the, the tzvikayets and the arisabal in Yonema Muchrochim, the Kama of the Kama mitzvahs, these are things that are necessary steps. In, in more than one mitzvah, in many, in many mitzvahs, or in the few mitzvahs that the Rebbe mentioned there, and even more. But the Rebbe, Gefintman, in them, Ashinit zwischen Bavli and Yerushalmi, Kiddle Kamon. So, therefore, the difference between the Bavli and Yerushalmi when it comes to preparing for mitzvahs, so the, the change in the order is specifically regarding these two stages of the deer and the lion, because they represent most mitzvahs, or many mitzvahs, that have to go through these two steps. Ashenk and Shul the third stage, which is mentioned in the Gemara, the, the fox, the storekeeper, the change of ownership, even before comes to the ownership of a Yid, is an Inyan versus Negeya, but Gewisse Inyanig Kedusha or Mitzvahs. It's only relevant by certain matters of holiness or a Mitzvah, which are not so common. And therefore, that there's no change in the Yerushalmi and the order, and that's not the focus that the Rebbe will uh, be speaking about over here. Okay, so this explains in general what the purpose of the creation of animals in the world war for. It was intended to be that not only will they serve the human being to provide for him his necessities and then the Yid will do the mitzvah, but they have characters that they are able to prepare these various stages for a Yid to fulfill the mitzvah. Now, based on this, yes, Levayer, then Tam, was Dafke Yaakov or the Shvatim on Geruf Noshem Achayis. Why is it that we find that specifically Yaakov Avinu refers to the Shvatim and his brachas to them with various different characters of animals? And he doesn't just refer to them as Gibber or Tairev, but he actually refers to them as an Ari, as a lion, as a wolf, and so on. So, the, so just like it is with the job and the position of the animals in the world, is Bechlal in general, Kanal as explained, it's to prepare objects of the world for the fulfillment of Teira Mitzvahs for Yidin. As explained, it's divided into these three categories of the Kayat Sabal and Chamveni. 
the So too, this was the general job and work of Yaakov, and more specifically the Shvatim, to accomplish with themselves and with the world in general, to prepare the world to be ready to receive Teireh. So the Ebesh can give the Teireh to Yidin. What is this? Where do we see that the position of the Shvatim was to prepare the world for the Teireh? Because it says in Chazal, or it says in, in Chassidus actually, as follows. One of the reasons why Yidin had to experience the years of being in Mitzrayim, the exile of Mitzrayim, before Matan Teireh's Mavur, Bekamem Mekaymis, it's explained in a few places. Because before this, the Yidin themselves, Ubimela Eich Divelt, and by extension also automatically the rest of the world, Nidgeven Roy Umuchshe, as Mazal Kenan, the world was not yet prepared to be able to transform a physical object of the world to become an object of a mitzvah or holiness. The experience of Yidin and Mitzrayim was like a kora barzel, like a refinery. It refined Yidin, it pressed and brought the best out of them. And therefore, it refined them and it refined the world in general. And therefore, brought the world to a level that it should be prepared that now you can take physical objects of the world and elevate it and use it for a mitzvah. That's the general explanation that it says regarding what the purpose of Golis Mitzrayim was. The Golis Mitzrayim, so now this is related specifically to the Shvatim, because the Golis Mitzrayim, when does the exile begin? When the Shvatim come down to Mitzrayim, to Mitzrayim, so originally they come together with Mitzrayim, the main heaviness, the load of the Golis of Mitzrayim, only after Yaakov passes away, and after Yosef passes away, then Kol Echav, Chol and all the brothers and all the other others of that generation, then Enoch Given Bechayim B'Mitzrayim, they were still alive. Yosef passed away earlier, and and then that's when the main Golis began in the lifetime of the Shvatim. So that means that the Shvatim were the first that were in that position to begin Golis Mitzrayim, which is to prepare the world that it should be ready, it should be fitting to be used to transform it into an object of a mitzvah. From Kuntais, if so, comes out as Ati Umniyas Pu'ulis Hanal. So these various professions, from Tzvi, Ari, Shual, whether the deer, the lion, or the fox, to Tzugreit and the Dvarim Shabbailam, to Matantayda, to prepare the objects of the world for Matantayda, to the key Matayda mitzvahs for Yidin, for Yidin to fulfill mitzvahs with them, Hadn Zachangaiden, on Oivgeton, Durch die Schwatten, Vesezene Gewene Mitzrayim. It all was accomplished and began with the Shvatim when they were in Mitzrayim. So therefore Yaakov is comparing the Shvatim to animals because that is actually their position that they have to be like the animals to prepare the world for being a keli, for the, making the objects of the world into a holy object, to receiving the Teireh. Okay, so now this explains the Pshat and the Bavli. We understand the three stages that the Bavli says in preparing an object for a mitzvah. Now we come to explain the difference between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. And the Rebbe gives the following introduction. It was once explained at length. In explaining many of the differences that you find between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. That is one basic point there. 
שיטס הבבלי is, the approach of the בבלי is, אז ידן איניו הוא מבק דמצב שבאוהב וכגן דמצב שבאוסד. That in any situation where you're weighing the situation that you have in front of you in the present, the opportunity that you have now in the present, against or in contrast to something else that you may be able to do in the future, if you're going to wait. So what's better? To take the opportunity in the present or to wait for something else that may even be better in the future. Is machria the oivtu omaila from the So what's more important is the accomplishment and what you can get done right now in the present. Chach, as durachdem, can fell, even though by taking that opportunity right now, you may be lacking in the shleimah sadavar, in its perfection, lachazman, of something that you could have come to with time later. But the Bible says it doesn't matter. You have to take the opportunity right now <coughs> that's here in the present. On the Yerushalmi, on the other hand, the opinion of Yerushalmi is that you do have to take into account the condition of the future. If you see that in the future there will be something that will be fulfilled better than it could be in the present, so you should wait. And for the future, and then you'll fulfill it in a better way. And the Rebbe gives two examples for this. So as an example, one is the Shaklavataria Yudua. There's a famous discussion amongst the Paiskim. The idea that a person that's a Zodas, a person that's very swift and quick to fulfill a mitzvah in the first opportunity, is machria to turn the mitzvah balt, will that be more important and therefore to fulfill the mitzvah immediately? Even though by doing the mitzvah as soon as you can, the mitzvah will not be done in its best fashion. Which would be, If you delay the mitzvah for later, so then you'll have more people, and therefore, there's more beauty for the king, for the mitzvah, so maybe delay the mitzvah for later. Typical example for this is a mitzvah of brismila. You could do the mitzvah the first thing in the morning, very early in the morning, and there'll be a smaller crowd, or even if the crowd is there, they leave immediately. Or you could wait for later in the evening, or towards evening, it can't be at night, and then you'll have a bigger crowd, and you'll make a bigger celebration, and it'll be bereivam hadras melech. And the Rebbe discusses this actually in a letter as well. So this is the discussion. So do I say, do the mitzvah right away, because there's an advantage of the present? Now, zirizim makdimen, as soon as you can. All this is machriya the mile of Yisrael for mitzvah menamufcha ba'asid, or what's more important is the advantage that there is of the future to do the mitzvah in a much better way. It's better to wait to do the mitzvah with a bigger attendance. Even though you're going to be lacking the advantage that there is in the present that you're doing the mitzvah and your first opportunity. That's one example. Other al derech marshal or another very simple example. When ain't a hot it's in free morgen from a sukkis tag. If a person has right now in the present, the first day in sukkis in the morning, arba minim vazen nit kem odadam. He has the dalad minim to fulfill the mitzvah, but they're not in such a good condition. Not such a beautiful esrig, not such a beautiful lulav. Or in aspetin the gizman from tag later in the day, vetabakum and dalad minim odadam. He'll get a better set of dalad minim that are much more beautiful. So the question is, this is better as all gleich its mekayim zayn the mitzvah. Is it better that he should immediately now fulfill the mitzvah mitidan and dal minim vaser hot with the dal minim that he has now? Other as all varten biz abakum the minim odaram, or should he wait for later in the day when he gets a better set of the dal minim? That's the discussion. 
which explains many differences between the Bavli and Yerushalmi. So, this is a discussion regarding the actual fulfillment of a mitzvah. But here the Rebbe will explain that this also applies to when it comes to preparing a mitzvah. What's the focus in coming to prepare a mitzvah? So, Kishem, Vidosis Bishaychus Sumkim from the mitzvah Gufa, just like there's this discussion when it comes to the actual fulfillment of the mitzvah itself, Azoyoich is the Shaila Benegea, Darachana Lekiyum, a mitzvah. The same is also how do we prioritize when it comes to preparing for the fulfillment of a mitzvah? Umerumes, indeed, Svein Yonim from Tzvikayitz and Ari Sabal. And this is hinted in these two stages of preparing for a mitzvah, the deer, that's the producer of dry figs, and the lion, which is the porter, and the order of the way, what comes first and what comes second. So let's look, let's go back again to this marshal to understand how things are literally. By te'enim, when it is with figs, is ein ka'acha, something that's unique about the fig tree, all the figs are not collected at the same time, they don't, they don't all ripen at the same time, at the same time. Aliyash bi'ilon zema shenigmar there are figs in the tree that become ripe today. And there are those figs that only become ripe after a few days or later on. That's the nature with the figs. So if so, now let's think about the order of what comes first here. So when you have a fig or certain figs that became ripe, so now you have two choices. Take those few figs that right now became ripe and bring them out into the open, into the field, and let them dry there. Right away, the deer, the job of the deer to go and to dry them in the field. Other, another option is when you'll have already many figs together that will be ripe. And then you'll take all those figs together to the field to dry. If you're carrying so many figs at once, you're going to need a lion, a porter that's strong to carry the load of all these figs into the field. So that's the question. What comes first over here? You'd need, you may need the lion not only to, to uh, deliver the figs after they're dried and placed into barrels, but the question is you might need the lion even before if you're bringing them from the tree out to the field. So it depends if you're taking a few figs at a time, or if you're taking many figs at once. So the Rebbe, will come back to the, to the order in the Bavim Yerushalmi in a moment, but the Rebbe immediately applies this to the mitzvah, to the preparation for a mitzvah. Similar, we could ask the question, how to prioritize when it comes to preparing an object for a mitzvah. Should the person grab the very first possible opportunity he has to prepare an object for any given mitzvah? Tzvi kayetz. The first thing is, you have right now these figs that are, that are uh, ripe. Go, take them, bring them to be dried in the field. when this is not ein shtikl oyer bekamas. Applying it back to a mitzvah. You have just one small piece of hide of an animal. And in quantity, it may just be one piece, a small piece. Or the nitken oyer Or perhaps it's not even a good quality of a hide from an animal. So, but this is what you have right now. So should you immediately grab and prepare this for the mitzvah? Other as is kedai to warten, or does it pay to wait? Wait until you have more together, and you'll have better quality, and then you'll prepare it for a mitzvah. You'll have a larger piece of hide, and a better quality piece of hide to be used for the tefillin. 
The Ari Sabal, in other words, that the, just like the Ari Sabal, we're going to wait for many figs to dry and have that prepared. And then you'll have the Ari Sabal first bringing them to the field. Over here as well, you're going to have more and better quality. Wait for that first. And only then should you go and prepare for the mitzvah. So what's, how, how do you, what, what, what's machriya? What's more important? Look at what you have right now in the present or wait for the future. Varom, and the Rebbe clarifies, you may ask, this prioritizing the present versus the future is only relevant to the actual fulfillment of the mitzvah. But why should this be relevant when it comes to the preparation? Even in this stage itself of the preparation for the mitzvah, even before the actual fulfillment of the mitzvah, is negeya de maile from shleimus fehider. Even now, what you're preparing for a mitzvah, what it is that you choose to prepare for a mitzvah, this itself, in this stage in itself, it's relevant to prioritize where is there more beauty in what you're preparing for a mitzvah. Even at this stage itself, it's already possible to apply. Somewhat of what it says regarding the actual fulfillment of the mitzvah itself, fun, a pasuk that the Gemara quotes regarding fulfilling mitzvahs in the most beautiful way, that you bring it for a nobleman, you bring it for a prominent person, you bring something which is beautiful. The best is brought for the Ebishter. So that, when you're doing something for Hashem, you should only do with the most beautiful. So when does your doing for Hashem begin? Not only by the actual fulfillment of the mitzvah, but even by the preparation of the mitzvah as well. You're beginning to do this for Hashem's sake. So here also the question is how to prioritize. So at this stage as well, there's a difference. Should you prepare at this point many together? And also better quality other than it or perhaps not or, or you shouldn't have to wait until that point when you have more in quantity or more in quality just grab the first opportunity to prepare for a mitzvah as soon as you can to serve Hashem to begin this preparation for Hashem's sake as soon as an opportunity that you have in the present that's the question over here which is related to the general two approaches of the Bavli and the Yishami. So now we could say, yes, this is the difference between the approach of the Bavli and Yerushalmi. According to the approach of the Bavli, since the present is more important, so therefore we apply this to grab the first opportunity to be quick in fulfilling a mitzvah, to the mitzvah, even when it comes also to the beginning of preparing the object for the mitzvah, therefore the order in the Bavli is, first comes the deer that takes out those few figs that already have ripened out to the field, even though those figs that are ready are only a small quantity, possibly also when their quality are not 100% fully ripe and good, but they're ripe enough and you immediately grab the first opportunity and take them out. In other words, applying it to a mitzvah as well. Immediately the first opportunity you have of an object that you own, right away take it and prepare it for a mitzvah. However, the Yerushalmi changes the order because the Yerushalmi's approach is delaying the mitzvah for later when you'll have more attendance, more people. The perfection and the advantage of the future is more important than the advantage of doing the mitzvah quickly right now in the present. 
is das azay oich benegeya derachon of achshara le mitzvah. This is also true regarding when it comes to preparing a mitzvah. As es vekt iber das was es vet später getonven mit merere um bessere chafetzim cholom. That what's more important is this: that if you wait, so you'll have more and you'll have better quality of objects to be able to be prepared for a mitzvah. So therefore here as well, since you're waiting for many figs to dry to ripen that is at once, so you're going to need a lion to transport those figs out into the field. So therefore the Yerushalmi mentions the Ari, the lion, transporting before the Tzvi that's there in the field to dry the figs in the field. So we understand beautifully how just this little change in the order of the Ari and the, and the Tzvi is based on the general two approaches of the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. So now the Rebbe comes to explain why Yerushalmi adds another character of another animal, the Zev, the wolf that sells pots. Based on this, we can understand specifically Yerushalmi is a Moisiv Zev, Moichek He adds that it's the wolf that sells pots. So first to explain what's the connection of the character of the wolf to selling pots is move on like them was the Gemara is Mechalik. It's understood according to this that the Gemara in Tainus makes a distinction between the nature of a lion and the nature of the wolf. The lion attacks and tramples upon what it eats and it just it tramples and it eats it right there. Miyad, immediately. The wolf, by, by contrast, it attacks and it tears its prey, but then it doesn't eat it right away. Quoting Rashi, Rashi says he then takes this animal that he attacked and he brings it to his hole and he eats it over there. They all have benefit in the way they eat what they eat. Not the simple chat of the Rashi, is going on both the lion and on the Ze'ev. But the Rebbe here also means to say that this also shows on the unique character of the wolf, that the reason why the wolf doesn't eat right away, he brings it there into his hole and he eats it there because when he brings it later into his hole and he can eat it there calmly and he shares it with others, he has even more Hana in this way. So what, we, what do we understand over here? From the nature of this of the of the wolf, as in the anhagufunanari hotnit ken art dizach from kedera. When it comes to the nature of the lion, the behavior of the lion, there's no room for any pat. Vos mevart mitem dover chai. You wait with the the meat that's raw bizevert in ir abgekocht until you cook it in a pot. Hayes says that is doiris vayichol miyad. He attacks and he tramples and he eats right away. But on the other hand, when it comes to a wolf, the wolf is the one that is patient. He eats later. He attacks, he tears his prey and brings it into a hole. So that's a character that's befitting to cooking in a pot. That he has, that's what Rashi says, he has more more pleasure in his food, it's more tasty when he prepares it in his hole. So now this relates back, this is all an analogy that the character of animals originally were intended for various steps in preparing for a mitzvah. So this relates back also to Yerushalmi quoting this character of the wolf for a step in preparing a mitzvah. <clears throat> so the idea that the that the wolf is patient and is waiting for the future to eat it because it's going to be better later. It's exactly the theme of the approach of Yerushalmi. 
So the idea here and the deeper understanding of this nature of the wolf regarding preparing for a mitzvah you already have all other necessary stages for the preparation of a mitzvah. Kayots, sabal, the drying the figs, the transporting it. And when necessary, even though it's more seldom, when, when you have uh, the storekeeper. Here, there could even be an additional perfection in the object to make it perfect for the mitzvah, similar to the nature of the wolf that waits to eat and, and like cooking in a pot. As the mitzvahs and the mitzvah should be fulfilled with the absolute most greatest hither and the most greatest perfection possible. So he says, move on. So based on this, we can understand as the Bavli, the Yerushalmi, the Shittasai the Bavli that does not mention this wolf, and the Yerushalmi that does, are following their approaches here regarding the Mishalim of the character of an animal, that we understand this in the stages of preparing for a mitzvah. The Shittasai Bavli, according to the approach of Yerubav, the Bavli, Vibalt, as the Mailof and Zizim, Magdim, and Bohoive, is Machriya, Legabi, Ahidu, from Bereva, Hamadas, Melech, Baasit, Vachayetz, what you have available right now, the reason to do the mitzvah right away in the present, is more important than waiting for later when you'll have more people to fulfill the mitzvah in the future. The ribe is the bavli nidgaitis, their fal from zev meichakateris. The bavli does not bring this part, this case of this, the zev, the wolf that sells pots. Diachana is nit mukhrach to wait extra in order to have more beautification for the future and to forego on the present opportunity to do the mitzvah is not something which is necessary according to the Bavli's opinion. On the other hand, Yerushalmi's approach, as the whatever beautification of the mitzvah you can add in the future is more important than doing the mitzvah immediately, the opportunity that you have now. So therefore he adds that besides the three stages mentioned, there could be yet something more, and the Rebbe doesn't specify what that is, but there could be something more that you can beautify any individual mitzvah, but Sinyana is the Hidr Basit, to beautify the mitzvah for the future. So therefore the Yishami brings the Zev Meichekedetis. Okay, in the Ha'ad is a very fascinating Ha'ad with the Shulia Gilian here, which the Rebbe added to explain why it says that he sells pots. Well, that was a question that I've asked before. If you're talking about selling, then it's similar to the storekeeper. According to this, I should have said that he's the Zev, which is Isakadatis, the Zev that makes pots, not sells. Okay, so you can take a look in Order 61. Okay, now that I brings from a Mishnah where we see this difference of approach between the Bavli and Yudashalmi regarding whether the present is more important to do the mitzvah as you have in front of you now or the future, to do it in a more beautiful way in the future. So this distinction in the approach between the Bavli and Yerushalmi, you find this almost explicitly in a Mishnah, in Mesech the Menachis. The Mishnah there says, What happens if Yom Kippur falls out on a Friday? Of course, in our calendar today, it's set up that it will not fall out on a Friday, but in those times when the new moon, the new month that is, was sanctified by seeing the moon, it could be possible that it falls out on a Friday. So what happens? So there's one of the carbonus of Yom Kippur that the Kayanim have to eat from the meat of that carbon. So Nechal Erev, when did they eat the meat of that carbon? Of course, you can't eat in Yom Kippur itself, but it's eat, it, they eat it in the evening. Belele Shabbosais. In the evening, Friday night, they're not going to be able to cook this meat, but they're going to eat it then. 
And the Mishnah continues and says, Who who would eat this meat raw? The Babylonians, Kainim from Chutzlaretz, which means Kainim that came from Chutzlaretz. The Mishnah says Bavliim specifically, although the Gemara there explains it doesn't mean Dafke the Bavliim, but either way, it means those that came from Chutzlaretz. So they ate the meat of this carbon from Yom Kippur on Friday night when it was raw. Now, what, what, what is the significance of this, that they, they're eating a carbon raw? Okay, it's maybe not so edible, not so geschmack, but what, what's the significance regarding eating kachim raw? The point here is that even though when you eat the meat from this carbon, when it's raw, you're lacking the perfect fulfillment of the mitzvah of eating kachim. Eating kachim is also a mitzvah. And the Titus says that it should be eaten in a, in a, in a special way and it should be eaten with a, the proper honor and the proper geschmack of the way it should be prepared to be eaten. And over here you're eating it raw. Whether it's roasted or well cooked or cooked at least. But if you're here to eat it raw, you're not eating, the mitzvah is not being done with the proper hider. But yet, is the Mishnah the Mishnah is specific and says, as Dafka Habavliim, who was the one who were the ones amongst the Kayanim that they went and ate it right now, raw, even though it can't be cooked, Habavliam Aichlamaisakeshuchai. They were the ones that ate it right now when it was raw. By the Ersh Meglakite, in order to fulfill the mitzvah now by the first opportunity. Masha'enkeng, Kayane Eretz Yisrael, but the other Kainim that were from Eretz Yisrael, we don't find, it doesn't say about them that they were the ones that grabbed that mitzvah to do it right now immediately. Since it's not a mitzvah that you're doing now with the full beautification properly that it should be cooked or roasted or so on. We don't find regarding them that they were Mahada, they, they wanted to grab the, the, the first opportunity to do the mitzvah. So here in this Mishnah we see this point that the Kayanim from Bavel, the approach of Talmud Bavli, is to grab the first opportunity to do the mitzvah right now, even though it's not so behidr when they're doing the mitzvah today. On the other hand, the Kayanim from Eretz Yisrael, related to Talmud Yerushalmi, which is in Eretz Yisrael, they did not grab the first opportunity to do the mitzvah right now if it's not done with its full beautification in the present. Okay, after all of this, when we have the understanding of the Machlaikis of the Bavli and Yerushalmi, and specifically as it relates to the Ze'ev, the, the wolf, that the Bavli mentions the wolf, again, the Yerushalmi mentions the wolf for that extra beautification that you're going to have in the future, and the Bavli does not mention that wolf for that extra beautification for the future, in a mitzvah. We come back now to Binyam and Zev Yitrov, the Binyam, which is compared to the wolf, whether it refers to the Beis Mikdash or the Mizbeach. We can understand the seemingly subtle difference, that one word base, in the difference between the Targum Onkelis and the Targum Yenis of Benizil, what is the meaning of Binyamin being compared to a wolf that attacks, that tears its prey? So first, the difference between these two translations of Teire is Targum Onkelis is a Targum from Bavel. Targum Onkelis is a Targum that comes from Bavel. Mashenkin, Targum Yenison Benazil is a Targum from Eretz Yisrael, Yerushalmi. This is a Targum from Eretz Yisrael and even more so from Yerushalayim. The Rebbe brings the sources into order for this. On the Rebbe, Lishitasayu Ozli. So therefore, they're following their approach 
in them in from Binyamin Ze'ev Yitrov. Regarding this, that we're comparing Binyamin to a wolf. Tzizeev, when it says here a wolf, is an inyan versus negeya in the rachonet v'achshoret so a mitzvah. Is this yet another stage that you should wait for in a preparation for a mitzvah, which is what the Rebbe said before, according to the Yerushalmi? Odenit, or perhaps not. That's not a stage that we wait for in the preparation of a mitzvah, and therefore Zeev over here is being used for Binyamin regarding the mitzvah itself, as the Rebbe will explain. Kanal Sifyud, as we said before, in the difference between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. According to Targum Yenison, which is a Targum of Yerushalayim, is Binyamin's Ev Yitrof. When it says here that Binyamin is compared to the wolf which attacks and tears, it's also another stage in the preparation of the mitzvah for what the Pasik continues and says. And the meaning of the continuation of the Pasuk is It's regarding bringing and then eating the Karbonus. And therefore the beginning of the Pasuk is saying that we have to prepare that the Karbonus should be brought and eaten in the most best possible fashion, even if you'll have to wait. And the Ribad is a Metargim, so therefore the Targum of Yenison, he translates that in his inheritance of Binyamin, we're going to build the Beis Mikdash. Meaning, not only will there be a Mizbeach to bring Karbonus on it, but we're going to wait until you'll build the whole Beis Mikdash. Well, Beis Mikdash is a Hachan of Achshar, it's a Vedas Having the entire Beis Mikdash built is also a, ne- a preparation which adds to the bringing of Karbonus. As the Rambam says regarding the purpose of building the Beis Hamikdash, as the Beis Hamikdash is bias Lashem Muchan Liyah is Makrivim by Karbanis, it's a home for Hashem to be prepared to bring Karbanis there. So therefore, this is another step in the preparation for the Karbanis that the pasuk is hinting to when it says here Biyam and Zeiv Yitrof. And as it was explained before, according to the Yerushalmi. As inyan as ze'ev, that what does the wolf represent according to Yerushalmi? Vice of der hider shleimus and the achana vachshoret. Shows in that extra step of another step of beauty and another step of perfection in pre- preparing an object for a mitzvah to wait for that. Al derech says So here, when it comes to karbanis, according to the targum yenison, he also is going with the same approach. Hakravus hakarbanis ken zayin afila versus nitokim bias. It is actually possible to bring a carbon even when there is no full base of Mikdash built there. And again, this is a big discussion that ever brings the sources for this in the Haaris here. Kipsak halache, and the halache is makrivin v'afo pishayin bias. You can bring a carbon even if there's no base of Mikdash there. You just have the mizbeach. However, it's understood as b'shas mizmakriv oiva mizbeach. This is a tale from Beisam Mikdash when you're bringing the carbon and it's not just the Mizbeach, but it's the Mizbeach there as one of the Kalim, part of the entire Beisam Mikdash that's built. Is thus a Shleimos in Indian HaMizbeach Ve'akarbonis. This adds to the Shleimos, to the perfection of the Mitzvah, to the Mizbeach itself and the Karbonis that are being brought on the Mizbeach. So therefore, according to the Targum Yenison, that's what the Pasik is hinting to. Beyomin Zev Yitra of the base Mikdashah, that he'll bring the Karbanis after he has to wait, he'll wait to build the base Mizbech and the base Mikdash, and the base Mikdash as well will be in his inheritance to have the full Shlemus for the Mitzvah. Mashenka Leighton Targum Unkelis, on the other hand, according to the Targum Unkelis, Targum from Bavel, a Targum coming from Bavel, taking the approach of Talmud Bavli, is their Inyan as the Eiv, Nit Mukhrech and the Rachon of Achshara to the Mitzvah. So the character of the wolf that prepares to the utmost perfection is not necessary in the stages of preparing for a Mitzvah. On the Ribbe is Ermit Targum, so therefore he translates 
as Inyan, as a Eiv, that over here, what does this wolf represent? It refers to the main point of the actual fulfillment of the mitzvah itself, the actual Karbanis itself. As the Pasuk continues and says that we're speaking here about the bringing of the Karbanis. And therefore Ze'ev is actually hinting to the actual Karbanis that are being brought on the Mizbeach. So therefore he says that it refers to the inheritance where you have the Maktasha, which is the Mizbeach. The Mizbeach itself sanctified for the blood to be poured on the Mizbeach. The reign from Zrikas Adam spilling or spraying the blood on the Mizbeach was the Kippurah's Badam. Spraying the blood on the Mizbeach is not just a side of Veda, but the actual atonement of the carbon comes through spraying the blood on the Mizbeach. So therefore, According to the Yerushalmi, sorry, according to the Bavli, Bavli, we're not waiting for the perfection of having the whole base of Mikdash. As soon as you have the Mizbeach, you right away go and bring the carbon and fulfill the mitzvah itself, the spilling of the blood or the spraying of the blood on the Mizbeach, to have to have it at the first opportunity. now, based on all of this, it comes out, seemingly, as does his oich, and afkeminah we can even say that there's a relevance, lahalacha, and the difference between the Babli's approach and Yerushalmi's approach, and here in this one word, and the difference between the Targum Yenison and the Targum Unklis. In a fall in a situation, when you only have the ability to build a Mizbeach in order to bring Karbonis, and you don't have the opportunity to build the entire Beis HaMikdash. And this is relevant when you don't have the Beis HaMikdash, but you have the opportunity to, to just build the Mizbeach. And the Rebbe points in the Ha'ara to the fact that there's a big discussion in Rishenim whether you can bring a carbon Bechlal Bizman And there's one of the Rishenim that said that even Bizman you can bring Karbonis. So you have a situation where you have an opportunity to prepare a Mizbeach without the Beis HaMikdash. Or, no, maybe you should wait until a time when you could do it more bishlemus and invest in first building the base of Mikdash. So Ladas Bavli, according to the opinion of the Bavli, which is the approach of Targum Unkelis, is Yesh Makim Laima, there's room to say as Mizobayna Mizbeach of Makrav Zain Karbanis. Build a Mizbeach and you should immediately bring the Karbanis. Hayes as men can gleich mekayims and the mitzvah from Akrovis Akarbanis. You could immediately fulfill the mitzvah, the opportunity you have now in the present to bring the Karbanis. Although you're not fulfilling the mitzvah of Karbanis here with its utmost for perfection, you don't have the full base of Mikdash. However, according to the Yerushalmi's approach, you should wait and take the money and whatever you have and invest first in the Mikdash. First, go ahead and build the full base of Mikdash. So wait until you have the full base of Mikdash and then the carbon that you bring in the Mizbeach will be more perfect, will be more of a perfect mitzvah. That's the approach of Yerushalmi to wait for the later opportunity in order to be able to fulfill the mitzvah more Bishlemus. Similar to what was quoted before in Sifyud regarding the eating of a carbon even when it's raw, as Dafka Habavliyim, the Mishnah is saying that which ones amongst, amongst the Kayanim ate the carbon right away when it's raw, specifically the Bavliyim. They were the ones that grabbed the opportunity in the present to eat it raw, even though it's not the perfection of the mitzvah. So similar over here, regarding bringing a carbon with a Mizbeach without the Beis HaMikdash. Mashenk and according to Yerushalmi, you wait and you invest in first building the full Beis HaMikdash, and then you go ahead and you bring the carbon.